All right. Bastards. It's time, Colin. Podcasting from the Sportique Studios, where as soon as we wrap up, we're going to find Demarius Thomas and see where he's making it rain. This is the South Stands Denver Fancast. I'm Colin Daniels with producer Scott Stafford, Denver Post Colorado Rockies beat writer Nick Grove. And your host, John Greeny! Please, I know. Listen, I... I am good looking and talented, but please, that's that's embarrassing. I don't I don't think Woo! I deserve that. No all star break for this guy. No, absolutely not. Nick deserves much more uh, much more praise than than I do. And welcome to the show, everybody. South Stands Denver Fancast. Uh, we're back at it again. You know why? Because uh, Captain Bronco, he's doing a show tonight, and we're we're trying to keep up because he's stealing he's, our he's thunder. He's been doing a show every week, that Captain Bronco, and uh, you know he's coming up on the twenty first. You know who he has. Uh, Jake Plummer. None other than Jake the yeah, that's, Snake that's, Plummer. That's quite a gift. Now, of course, it's one thing to get Jake the Snake Plummer to call your California home via Skype. It's another to have a real honest-to-goodness newspaper man Absolutely. in studio. Nick yeah. Grove, welcome to the show. I'd Thanks kinda, for coming in. I'd kind of rather listen to Jake Plummer, but that's cool. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, we got you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, No, it's great to have you here, and uh, we're going to try to not talk to you too much about the Rockies, because I'm, cool. I'm sure you probably talk about the Rockies and dream about the Rockies. and. I don't mind, but yes, that's nice of you. Well, I well, well you dream about Troy Tulowski too. <laughs> that's no, just me. No, no. Well, what I wanted to say first is um, you you took over for the great Troy Rank, who's now on the Broncos beat, and um, and and uh, he's really good. And uh, I think the main thing I noticed about his tenure last couple of years is how much pity everyone's uh, heaped onto him. Did the, the people heap? pity on you for for covering the rockies and i know it's a dream job it's awesome but because of how they are and and their their ways does it do people like do they feel they have to pity you like oh i'm so sorry oh constant yeah (laughs) it's sort of like the number probably like the number two thing that people talk to me about is like oh man it must just be miserable it's like no no not really no no it's probably not jerry schimmel used to get that when he was covering the 17 win nugget season Here's a man who survived an airplane crash. People, right, you yeah. know, how bad is this? He's like, really, it's not bad. Well, no, even, even if a team's bad, you're still doing something that you love. You're, you're, you're traveling around. It's, it's probably awesome. Yeah, so, and I was talking to Kreckman about this kind of recently, too. Like, I'll take, a, I'll take one, like, f- like, fireball, flame-out, horrible baseball game over a 1,000 mediocre baseball games any day of the week. Like... It's kind of like a movie. Sure. I'd rather see one completely off-the-rails bad movie than 100 just like, nah, Right. Movies. And if, you're, if you watch the Rockies long enough, you'll get like a fireball <laughs> flame-out yep. bad Yeah, the movie. Rockies are... Like, and, it, and those ones are fun. They're the Sharknado of MLB franchises <laughs> right, in right. a way. Exactly. I mean, there was one, I mean, there was one like la- what, a week and a half ago or whatever. I think Chad, Chad Bettis was pitching. And it oh, was just yeah. off. I mean, it wasn't as bad as the 16-inning Cubs loss game that was one of the worst baseball games that's ever been played in the 190-year in the <laughs> history of baseball. That game was awesomely awesome bad. But so, yeah, I mean, you, you get those. Those games are fun. I mean, and like ha- having to write about it 
there's a lot more to write about in a really, really bad baseball game than a kind of like whatever baseball game. Well, you know, it's kind of the thing because everyone was saying, oh, you know, it's it's hard to, you know, we do a little writing. So it's kind of like it's it was always like, oh, it's so hard to write about a team that's bad. But it's also probably hard to write about a team that's good constantly because in, in like a different the, way. Yeah. yeah like yeah. the Broncos were so good, you know, two years ago, whatever. It was just they were just rolling. And it was just kind of like, well, how do you how do you say this any other way? And it's probably the same for a bad team. I would actually, I think it would be harder to cover the Broncos when they get to a point in the season, like four games in, when there aren't like a lot of questions. If there's a problem with the Broncos in the fourth week, I mean, we can make a big deal about sure. it. But like, there's 12 more weeks to play. There's 15 more weeks to play, really. Like, that problem is not going to exist. Probably in two weeks, let sure. alone 15. Like, if, if you know... You can tell when that happens in a Broncos season when this town starts talking about who the long snapper is <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Like that's to me, like that's a little bit. I think that's more difficult than talking about a team why a team consistently loses. Sure, but it seems like uh, almost the Broncos would be um, easier to, to write about just because everyone's hanging on every word. They want the next. You know, what are going to say next? You, you know, can kind of you could not and not to like downplay the work that people do in this town from whatever medium, but. You can get away with a lot of stuff with the Broncos. Like, you can write about the long snapper, and people are going to be like, oh, man, right. that's awesome. Sure. Yeah. Ben Garland. <laughs> like, if I, if I talk about the bullpen catcher or something, like, nobody <laughs> – I'm just like, eh. Well, how is that different um, with maybe how, how the Rockies are perceived um, with, like, the fans? Because, obviously, we know all about the Broncos and how they're perceived. But is it almost more like um, – you almost need a more hardcore kind of fan base. We know a lot of the same people on Twitter that are hardcore Rockies fans. They, they almost seem to have to be even more dedicated to still hang with this type of thing. Yeah. And uh, the, I, the, the one thing that, that is like a little bit frustrating, and this might be a different answer than, a, than the question you just asked, but sure. um, like I think for a lot of the, the teams in this town, excluding the Broncos and – the Nuggets are not completely like this, but the other teams, and, and I'll go like all the way around the horn, Colorado football, Avs hockey, rapid soccer. Right? There's like a weird kind of, I notice sometimes, a weird kind of inferiority complex among fans hmm. and that doesn't exist for the Broncos. Even when the Broncos are bad, people just expect them to be good. So they can be they can be like smartly critical. They can or still be proud Broncos fans, right? And then with some of the other teams, there's definitely I, a shame in being a Rockies fan. Yeah, well, and yeah, and it's a weird kind of like resigned sort of they get mad when they don't get enough attention kind of thing. And it's like, well, I mean, your team's not very good and not going to be good. So why should anyone be yeah, paying attention? I mean, to me, there's a lot of things. I think it's easy to me if I wanted to be a fan. Or if I was a fan, I would want to be a fan. But if I was, there's a lot of things to like in a team. If you like them, you should like them. Don't who cares sure. if other people like them too? Like, you know, or you know, you know, why should why should other fans go to games to put money in Monfort's pocket? This all these things are like this weird kind of like, you know, how do we act when we're bad? Kind of sometimes feeling, and I don't. It, it has nothing to do. I'm not talking about being a new baseball city, which we kind of are still in a sense, yeah, in a way. Although. Although our baseball heritage goes a lot f- back a lot further than, than the Rockies, but I don't know that, that kind of rubs me the wrong way sometimes. It's not necessarily criticism; it's just kind of a weird kind of outcropping of being in a town that's so Bronco centric. Well, and, and as a guy who's been around a long time, I mean, you've worked at the Post since '97, right? Since high school, so you've been around a long time and you've covered a lot of beats and you've 
you've uh, you've really looked at this, and obviously for two years now, been the uh, the Rockies beat writer for the Post. I want to ask you a very very simple question: Is this a baseball town? Well, yeah, I think so. More so than some other cities, like um, Miami. It's probably a good one. My yeah, but like they they have a, a kind of like a cool Cuban like baseball thing yeah going i guess on. they would i mean they're people don't go to those ga- games games well, that much but they have a cool sort of like heritage about them well here's the here's kind of the misnomer i think about what you're asking is that you know people say st louis is a baseball town you know, oh big time great example well it's, great a, great, example. it's a great example but then it's it's a long-standing tradition and obviously that's that's one of the that's the big that's the the most important thing in town there okay um like san francisco is probably kind of a baseball town right did you consider that yeah. so it it colorado denver doesn't have that kind of tradition but to say it's not a baseball town when there's tons and tons of baseball fans and like you said a long history of it it just kind of seems when you p- compare it to something like St. Louis, obviously there's a lot more going on here and there's other teams that people are more interested in. It doesn't really, um, it doesn't hold up to that. But I think there's so many people here that do love baseball that you can't say it's not a baseball well, and, and I jumped in there, but please, you know. Well, but also you look at the importance of the building itself and the role it plays in the urban revitalization of Denver. You cannot replace what happened with Coors Field, and you cannot drive around the ballpark neighborhood and see the massive amount of dwellings, new dwellings, new development in an otherwise forgotten part of town and not, and not say it's a baseball town because it's a town that baseball created in a large sense. Yeah. I mean, downtown Elitch's, the whole nine yards, the whole kit and caboodle followed everything but Breckenridge Brewery came after. The Rockies. Breckenridge Brewery was already there, but the Rockies, I mean, that was Student Movers was in that building. where They were in the corner building where it's Coors Field now. So in that sense, I think it's very difficult to deny that this is a baseball town. And I just saw the other night on uh, that John Oliver HBO poser yeah. daily show, um, he was ranting about stadiums and all of the taxes that stadiums gobble up and all the teams demanding them. And he talked about the Chargers and the Rams and all that. But, and I got to thinking, is there an example of a stadium project anywhere in the United States that was more impactful as far as changing the face of a city? Yeah, it's funny because I, I saw the same thing. And, yeah, and, and to get back, to rewind like 30 seconds on what you just said, the, you're, what, what you're talking about is a lot more than just real estate politics. Like it really was baseball that did a lot of that. It wasn't just that they built a building that people wanted to go to. They built a building that people could, I mean, people wanted to go watch baseball for, I mean, it's really baseball I and mean, they could have built anything else there and it wouldn't have had the same impact. So in a lot of ways it's, it's a baseball thing. And the, the, the John Oliver thing, which it was pretty good. I mean, it was like nothing new to me. I mean, a lot of no, things, but the it, same it, thing but it, people complain. Yeah. About. And he, I mean, he's right in a lot of ways. It's funny though the the example he he used a lot of examples of how stadiums go wrong and how they're I mean what they're doing in Atlanta is is just is like such a horrible the football stadium bo- is the football stadium the baseball stadium. oh the the Braves stadium yeah I mean they like they they're replacing a new stadium with another new stadium and they're doing it like in the it's the worst it's the worst thing how new is that stadium. When did when did it, it was built for the Olympics? Right, I don't. I Ninety four. Then so that's, that's still pretty, it's wow. Yeah. 
it's, it's kind of old for baseball terms, I guess. Well, I mean, Coors Field is sure. what the second, no, third oldest stadium in the National League, right? Yeah, or something like that. But I, I should know that, but I, I mean, whatever. <laughs> anyway, it's new. It's not yeah. like it was yeah. Wrigley or something, and sure. they're tearing it down. But they, right. I mean, they're building it a new stadium because I mean, they're just well, they because because they. It's, the it's real estate politics. They got like a good taxpayer deal, whatever. Anyway, the one, the one, long story short, the long, the, the one example that actually does work in those kinds of like civic planning stadiums is Coors Field. So it's like the one thing that you could argue against what John Oliver was, what, was you know, arguing for sure. was Coors Field. It's funny. I mean, a lot of, oh, so many of them go wrong, but this one went right. But baseball in general could just from the sheer number of games. I mean, you have, what, 80, 81 games? Is that? No, not that. Yeah, 81, 81 home games. 81 home games. So, and, and more if you make it uh, into the postseason. I, I remember huge impact. I remember when it, when it first opened, and a friend of mine was like, you know, worked at a restaurant down in lower downtown. And I remember saying to him, I was like, wow, what are you going to do? And what are you going to do when baseball season's over? And he's like, I don't know. You know, and this was early. And now, would you ever even think about that? Yeah. There's, it's, there's not nonstop now. So it's like, it's not, oh, baseball season's over. I'm not going to make as much, I'm going to make, make enough tips. It's like, no, no, it's going to keep going because of wh- what it has created and what's come out of it. Yeah, and, and to a, a larger degree than other teams that are in this city, I get into arguments about this with, with people now and then. But, you know, a lot of times I'll approach an interview with like Dick Monford or to a lesser degree, somebody who's in a power position like Jeff Breidich. With, from an angle of of doing a, a civic duty is not the right word, but with, they I, I think because ta, because of this, the people of Denver and more than just Denver, the people of Metro Denver, they own we we own Coors Field. Sure, we we are leasing it to Dick Montfort, and he reaps all the profits. And whatever deal they have is probably screwing us over. But at least, but in the end, we own that we own it. As it, as, as people, nice. spend the night there I tonight. I think. <laughs> yeah. wasn't aware. I mean, I don't even know if I'm using the right terminology. But any, but I mean, it's ours. It's a, so we, they yeah, they have a, I think they have a responsibility to as a matter of of civic whatever responsibility. Why does part. a city have? I mean, a city has a professional sports franchise. So that that city may beat its chest. That's why such franchises exist. And if the objective is, and your admitted objective is, eh, if we can make the playoffs two out of three or two out of five seasons, I think that's sufficient. Um, if, then, you no, know, you're not doing your civic and fiduciary duty to the well, taxpayers. That's, that's, kind of, that's kind of veering off into, into what's wrong with the Rockies, but which we can get to. Um, but I, but I do think that no matter how you feel, and I think we've, we've brought this up, is that it has changed the face of Denver, oh, it, and it's changed it, everything for the better. It's amazing so, what it did. So no matter what you can say and say, hey, you know, we, we built that, our tax dollars did that, and you're, you know, you're reaping the profit and not doing anything, it's still, they still have done something that has been a nothing but a positive. And I remember when that was going in, and uh, like a friend of mine, he you know, grew up in Denver, and he was just like, oh, I'm not voting for that. No way, I don't want to pay for that. And I was just like, why? Why not? And, best purchase ever. And, and you know what? And then you think about it now, what it did, it was like, well, that was the, that was the right thing, and it, he was wrong. It changed Denver's positioning among major national cities. I mean, that's, that's what it did. It's a really cool city now. And, and it started being a really cool city when Coors Field was built. And it's gone just nothing but uphill from there. I wonder this, though. Why did Kroenke build 
the soccer stadium so far outside the city. I mean, if it were in that same valley, the Platte River Valley area, along with Pepsi oh, Center and everything else, don't you think that Rapids would be off the chain? Oh, it'd be, it'd be took, much more popular. Took, but he, he had such a such a such an easy financial deal involved. He bought it for no, he got that for nothing. And he has a deal with Commerce City. He owes them some stuff still, whatever it is. It's a lot of weird details. Like he has to he has to help develop the land around. We're, you're going to see a lot of new development out there like real soon. Sure. But um but he did it because of the risk was so much less. He would have had to I mean the the investment the upfront investment building a stadium downtown would have had to been a lot more and he i'm sure that they thought well we don't know for sure that that's going to work we can sit here now and say well yeah it would have it would have been killer. it would have been they awesome think could, of the craft think of the have, craft they would sell oh, oh, man. no no so for, for real though like they could have they could have sporting kansas, kansas city easy in the city if they built the downtown stadium but um with with the rockies though and the thing the thing that is difficult about separating Coors Field from the rockies is we we might own you know, collectively, we might own Coors Field, but we don't own the Ro- we don't own the Rockies. So Dick Monfort can do whatever he wants with the Rockies. It is our duty, though, to make sure that he takes care of Coors Field, and and that is the one thing that Dick Monfort is very, very, very See, good and at. I say Absolutely. this all the time. Yep. I mean, when you're evaluating him as a franchise owner, there's two sides to that coin, and the side of the coin that involves maintaining one of the most beautiful and well kept parks in all of sports, he does that. They get and, a two thumbs up from me. And, it, well, and it's weird, too, when you're talking about is Denver, to get way back to the original question, is Denver a baseball city? Well, I think so in a different kind of way. When you go to San Francisco, it, it's, like an, it's like a wave that hits you in the face. Like, they're, they're cheering about the second out in the first inning like it's, like it's the ninth inning yeah. of, a, of a play-in game. Like, it's nuts. Like, they're crazy. Like they're, and they're, they're involved in every single pitch. And it's not that. And when you go to Coors Field, it's not like that. It's not like that at all. Not no. so much. It, but it's not that people don't care or they're not aware. I think people are very aware. But when you're when you're in San Francisco, they built they built AT and T Park on a tiny plot of land. So the stadium goes straight up, and it's like everybody's crunched together, sort of. And it's like this at Fenway too. The seats are so small. Everybody is. It's like you can't help but be on the edge of your seat because. The seats that's are so damn small. Yeah, that's exactly. all there is. It's all so, edge. But like, if you go to yeah. Coors Field, it's like, oh, I'm kick gonna, back. I want to kick back. This is awesome. But guy and, next to you is vaping. And we <laughs> just kinda, come from the party deck. And I think that we're kind of like that as Coloradans. We're sure, just sort of like sure. chill, like blade back people. So if you notice that we are not like super loud and involved in the game, well, it's not because we don't care. It's just because we're like. Maybe it's, maybe it's the Giants fans at Coors Field being a little bit more polite to cheer in our faces. <laughs> well, also, like don't that. forget, if you live in San Francisco, you live in a tiny little place for a lot of money. You go to the baseball right. game, and you sit in a tiny little place for a lot and, of money. And that has revitalized downtown San Francisco, that park. Absolutely. In, uh, San Diego with Petco Park, a lot of, a lot let's, of good stuff. Uh, let's get into the uh, second quarter already, guys. Man, time flies yeah, when we're having fun. But I want to keep, keep on task here so we don't... We don't uh, you know, get heat stroke in this hot room. Um, not complaining, Colin. It's a great looking room. It's just a little hot. Okay. Uh, but let's get into the second quarter right now.
5280 Shirt Shop is the friend of the fans and the friend of the fan cast. And the one website that you cannot miss if you want original, never-seen-before styles that show the world you truly are a dedicated Denver sports fan. Believe me, I go to 5280 Shirt Shop. John goes to 5280 Shirt Shop. Scott goes to 5280 Shirt I, I Shop. I make special orders at 5280 Shirt Shop. Look, Specially we're not, orders. We're not kidding around about this sponsor. The original sponsor of the South Stands Denver Fan Cast, James Hernandez and family, earn your business. They deserve your business, and they're hoping you'll log on to their virtual showroom at 5280ShirtShop.com. Friend of the fans. Friend. Of the fan cast. It's the questions. It's the questions, boy. It's the questions. It's the questions. Come on. The questions. In order to qualify for an ESPN Courage Award, shouldn't Caitlyn Jenner have first made the cut? Was Bruce Jenner the first fella to turn into a woman this late in the game since Jay Cutler? Now that Chrissy Bex's baby is almost due, are those bosoms falling faster than Ty Lawson's trade value? Is Ty's goal this offseason to make people realize J.R. Smith wasn't such a bad guy? Are more Denver Nuggets fans realizing that following Ty Lawson on social media is far more interesting than the Denver Nuggets? Did Ryan O'Reilly say to the cops, hey, I was traded to the Sabres, not the Sobers. Ha ha ha. Now that they've been forced to suspend Jared Fogle as a spokesperson, have execs at Subway reached out to Chris the Birdman Anderson? Now that he's got his new contract, is Demarius Thomas considering on which weeks he might come down with plantar fasciitis? If President Obama can commute Demarius Thomas's mom's sentence for dealing drugs, can he make Des Bryant's mom not a hooker? When the Broncos and Cowboys collude, can't they get Pat Boland some of Jerry's sweet young honeys? Will 1043 The Fan celebrate its newfound, newfound security by having DMAC host another 4x4 truck rally on private property? You have questions. We have answers. SouthStandsDenver.com, Colorado's finest internet sports talk since 1971. Backfield in motion, yeah. I'm gonna have to penalize you. Yeah, yeah. Backfield in motion, baby. You know that's against the rules. Against the rules. What is against the rules? Yeah, I don't know. You can move in the backfield. Yeah. Um, depends who's backfield. I think it's a, it's some sort of you know he's kind of trying to make a um, some sort of comparison to some sort of sex act, and uh, he didn't quite realize he wasn't really describing the football rules the same way. I'm guessing that twerking had not been invented yet when this song yeah. came out. Um, so I, I tried to rewrite this song for baseball once. Oh, okay. It's the dirtiest sport. <laughs> like, it really is. 13-year-old me would just be like Beavis in the corner. Like, <laughs> just constantly. giggling. Yeah, like, you know, put a good wood on Listening it. Listening to some George Fraser on the uh, on the altitude or the on the root broadcast can be kind of entertaining oh, yeah. in you, that respect. You take him out of context, it's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. Uh, it's not quite, he's not quite John Madden in that respect because if you listen to a football broadcast, there are times when you know somebody in that booth 
is has winked at somebody else. Well, that's what I, like. Watch, you're not going to believe what I'm about to say. That's what we've been told over the years. Is like people said, "Oh yeah, they'll, they'll, you hear something like that? It was it was meant. They meant to say it, you know." So and then they say it completely deadpan, and you know, and then they get away with it because they're, somebody goes, "Oh, they couldn't have meant it that way," you know. Yeah. Backfield in motion. I'm going to penalize you. Oh man! Power ranking. Power ranking. By the way, the most obnoxious question you just asked in the question segment. I got to go with Birdman at number one. That yeah. one hit me hard. Yeah. That was a low blow. Birdman was uh, was proven not to be involved. Did you? In any, <laughs> yeah, true. Any true. actual? Did you feel crimes. bad about it at all? I did. You, you know, it? I felt something. You know. Uh, but uh, I left the Kenneth Freed mom's jokes out this good, week. Good, good. Well, just, no, actually, actually, doesn't that doesn't that um, Birdman work? Because they want to get rid of the guy that they don't want. They want to get a guy who's been who's been at, who's been completely exonerated. Yeah, he's been exonerated. Yeah, exactly. So they want they want him in there instead. Yeah, so. Besides, I mean, I could totally see him holding up a sandwich and going, caw, caw, <laughs> taking a big old beady bite. I'd, I'd want to buy one. I bought the Arby's glasses. I got the whole set, the whole set of Birdman, yeah, Chris, yeah, Birdman, yeah, Anderson, Arby's glasses. My wife went there like once a week leading up to Christmas to make sure I had the whole set. You know, why don't they do that anymore? They, she's, I have, and she's a vegetarian. I've got two. I've got uh, I've got a full set of both runs of the Avalanche glasses that they that they uh, that they did at Arby's a while back. Um, have the Birdman ones. I mean, I, I, why I, haven't they done that in the last ten, five to ten years? Because Denver sports hasn't been worth like. Yeah, Obviously, there's, there's, you have to, you have was to probably Birdman pay. Worth one, though? I'm sorry. Oh yeah, he was at one time. The Birdman glass is really good because it's big. It's a big oh, pint, yeah, and nice. the bottom has the embossed basketball. Oh, it's really nice. Well, they used to make them out of actual glass, it's and then glass? they cheaped oh, out yeah. and made them out of plastic. But oh so, no, like, the Birdman ones are sweet. They're glass. Yeah. They're nice. Yeah, yeah. The Arby's so. collections are still. The Ar- nice. Oh, the Arby. Hey, listen, Arby's does it right. Let me just tell you. Now <laughs> they could have the, the they could have a Rockies All Star series starring DJ LeMayhew. The food is awful, but the glasses are top notch. See, that's the thing. Why couldn't they do the Rockies? Now I know there's there's you have to you have to pay for the for the rights, but you know all they have to do is put out a set of Rockies glasses, and they could they could. They could have you going in for a DJ LeMayhu. I guarantee it. I'd go get him. Why three, not? Three all-stars. Yeah. That's a lot of glasses. And you make. could trade them with your friends, much like they're likely to be traded away. Listen, who doesn't need a pint glass, right? Am I right, fellas? Who doesn't need a pint glass? True. Very so, true. I mean, you know, what, that's how it goes. So, the, on the T-shirt series I've done at Coors Field so far, so they had, like, two low power lines or something. I don't, do you know? The stripes. They had the stripes. The well, stri- so that like yeah, what, whatever when they give away T-shirts, it's like two. It's like a theme for the player. Man, if they do a DJ one, they're gonna get, have to get really creative. I don't know what you do. I say you put two turntables on the nipples right here. TJ, it, DJ, DJ LeMay. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> just just make them big right, circles. Just with right there. Yeah. DJ, he lay you. That could be that, that could be his. That's hot not handle. gonna go over the family friendly yeah. confines of Coors Field. Colin. I mean, I, you, I mean, you could do some kind of gold glove thing, I guess. But like, why didn't you do that for? Arenado. I mean, there are a lot of. I mean, you'd have to like really. I like my the favorite Arenado chant, and, and and I just it just gets me stared at all the time, and occasionally a chuckle. But you know, I have to shout Domo Arigato, Nolan Arenado, at least once a game. <laughs> well, that's at the top of my lungs. Yeah, because the people who get it are cool. The people who don't, they they should just get out, right? So pretty much, <laughs> yeah. that's the way I feel about it. Um, Domo. I always say they sounds just like go you have to too much time section. on your hands. Oh yeah. <sighs> Well, that's that's digging a little too deep for Sorry. the sticks references, I think, Scott. Yeah, um, but yes, I do love Coors Field. It's it's an awesome place. I just went. Um, geez, I just went last weekend, and it was a, it was a great time. Um, I still can I, enjoy. Can I bitch about somewhere I went today? 
Um, go for it. Driving out by you. I was coming like back from your part of town. Yeah. Out there in the middle of goddamn nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, virtual Kansas. Um, and I'm, I'm coming back and uh, down Colfax. And I, and I stopped at Chiba Hut. Oh, okay. Chiba Hut for a sandwich. I was so annoyed because, you know, I'm no, I'm no prude when it comes to the legalization of marijuana in Colorado. All for it. I think it's, I think it's great. Um, but I don't want to order a sandwich in a size called Pinner. <laughs> thank you. And uh, did you say I, thank you? Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, no, they, but that would be great napkins for them. They could, yeah, that would serve your sandwich. Thank you napkins. But no, everything on the menu has a weed reference. Has a weed. Theme. I didn't know that. Okay. Huh. And so I asked for the medium club, please. I said I'll have the yeah. medium club, and the guy said, "What? What's that?" Which one? Like I was he like, said Starbucks. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. He's pulled a Starbucks on. He pulled a barista <laughs> on me at the Chiba Hut because I wanted a medium club and I did not want to call it the eighth, eighth, um, the, eighth of. It's a pinner of of Mountain High or whatever you know whatever he's calling okay. it, and uh, that's how people order there. And I guess it's funny and all. And I also wanted to say, your it the plate. It's illegal Pete's. It's illegal pizza with sandwich bread. It's exactly the they same need place. To get Gary Ganja in there. Get a Gary Ganja club, BLT. Gary Ganja. We. This was a revelation from this week. He owns the station. Nick, are you familiar with the with the smoking ninety four point one? Smoking ninety four point one. Barely, but only sports radio. It's I, K- I, KBUD smoking ninety four one. I know it, bud. It was. Yeah, they got the call letters changed to K bud, and it was oh. Mile High Sports until. Yeah. You know, a few weeks back, so, it was ninety four one was Mile High Sports, and now it's K Bud. And Gary Ganja is the afternoon host, and also the owner oh, of the station. That's so awesome. Gary Ganja wears the fake uh, Rasta tam with the with the fake dreads coming down the back. I mean, he's a he's a white guy in his fifties, and he wears the fake Rasta hat. I mean, come on. Let's, I, let's, I know, let's get real. I know only of that station because you all have made fun of it so much. <laughs> it's <laughs> probably true. <laughs> Which is way more fun than actually listening to, like, I, yes, yes, Bob Marley is. a thousand it's, times. It's, no, that's not even Bob Marley. Well, that's a problem. They don't play Bob Marley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they play, they play like, Eric Clapton. We, we were talking <laughs> yeah. about this last week. Like, not even Cool Clapton. Like, they've like got, the got a great opportunity. they got a great opportunity there, right? I mean, play Dark Sides of the Moon five times in a row. Right. Dude, we're going we're gonna to play Dark Sides of the Moon. Five times in a row. Don't turn that dial. And people would be like, okay. If they ever played cocaine, I'd be like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Station. <laughs> that's uh, that's K-Bun. I'd have to call in. I'd have yeah. to call in. I want to talk to Mr. Ganja right now. Let me talk to Gary Ganja. I have a, I have a complaint to register. So, yeah, you could play uh, Pink Floyd Umaguma. You there just, you go. Just yeah. play, it, play it for cover a day. Cover to cover. Yeah, people would just be like, wow. You'd either be like, I'm not listening to this, or I'm high on a lot of marijuana, and this is great. That's their, that's their calling card, so that's how I think that should be done. Anyway. But, uh, uh, Chiba on, Hut, over the top. Well, I was over just saying, on this, on this here program, and probably on my own Twitter feed, I'm giving uh, K-Bud so much press already. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, where, just, when does it end? We we got it. It went down. Everybody, Coloradans, it went down. It is legal, and so therefore, you don't have to wear it on your sleeve anymore. And, you know, it's, and that's what drives me crazy. Hey, pot lifestyle speak, sandwich shop. Well, pot speaking lifestyle. Of, speaking guy. of pot, um, you probably know our friend Ricardo Baca. I do. Yeah, we're, we we've known him forever. We've uh, we've always tried to get him in here, but he's slippery, and he just hasn't he, he, has, he hasn't shown up. So, but uh, he's in a lot of places at a lot of times. He yeah. is. I always I think he's like he's like uh, cloned himself. So he's either at, he's at Red Rocks or he's like talking to people about weed at the same time. I would really see him out at shows a lot, where like 
I was like, all right, I would ditch. I would like duck out of a show like early and then go somewhere else. And then he, but, and I would leave him and then, but he was all, I would like show up to the next place and he's already there. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like you're something's something. This is not possible. No, no. Right. Yeah. That's his, this is the guy who created the underground music festival. It's his baby. No longer involved with it, but it's his baby, and it's it's not. Which is coming up uh, next weekend, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, I'm looking forward to cleaning up my parking lot then. Are you getting some free passes for us for that? Oh, uh, man. You know, they approached me about being an all-ages venue. Oh, no. And um, they didn't concur with my pricing structure. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, okay, if I'm going to come down here yeah. and light the lights and and open the doors yell and get higher security and the whole and yell at teens while the, photographing them. This, um, then I, it's going to cost you, you know, this dude, several thousand dollars. This dude, John Moore, who used to be yeah, like yeah. the sports editor and then he was a theater critic at both. He he started the UMS at the Bluebird and had four bands. I think one was sixteen horsepower, or whatever. It was a long, long time, time ago, and it was like, and then Ricardo took it over for him anyway. Like, when you have it at the Bluebird or whatever, it's normal. When it's on Broadway, I mean, man, I hate to be a buzzkill, but there are just people, you know, like, you know what the street's like. Oh, yeah. People are just walking. This is a, it's a three-lane road with people driving, like, not. Yeah, they don't block the road off. No, no, no. no and no. people are just crossing. The, man. Yeah. A chick got her head cut off one year. <laughs> not kidding. Crossing down at. Uh, is she all right? At Maple. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Nope, didn't work out so well. <laughs> didn't work out uh, no, she got hit so hard by a car running a red light that it that it decapitated her, oh, and not... her head wound up at the post office. Um, that's not the long. kind of fun I think of when I think of the underground no. music festival. It was at, it was at UMS. It's uh, it's crazy. It's nuts. I can tell you that this would be this will be our second UMS here, and uh, watching the people walk up and down the street, it's quite something. It's set up a grill. Set up some chairs and just watch. One of the, one of the, I mean, and I've been drunk a lot. I'm talking a lot. And one of the drunkest I've ever been was at one of the years. This was many years ago when they had it down here. And, um, yeah, I almost got, almost got, uh, almost got mugged. Someone almost stole my bike. And, uh, I was luckily so, just sober enough to realize that it was what probably happened. So I, I skedaddled, but, um, got real loaded. That was a, that was a memorable one, uh, down here on that. Yeah, it, it's a it's a scene, and uh, I, I've never gone and actually seen any of the bands at UMS, but uh, I've certainly witnessed plenty of the craziness. If you're trying to get from wherever to the to like the high yeah. dive, if you're trying to get from the Hornet to the high dive, and you and you see headlights and you can't judge how far away they are, <laughs> yeah. they're close. So don't yeah, don't, don't even, try. Yeah, don't even do it. Yeah. Well, well, while we're on the subject of UMS and South Broadway and this part of town, this whole area. I want to talk a little bit about beards, and uh, you both are now, John. You have at points been, you know, virtually a hobo um, with regard to the beard length and care, um, but you're sporting a well-trimmed, uh, yeah, much, tidy much beard, like much yeah. like much like Nick is. And uh, you know, as two bearded gentlemen, I just wanted to ask you, you know, you know, talk about the concept of a of a playoff beard. You know where what, what what kind of empowerment is that, and why is it that uh, that so many men are wearing facial hair these days? Is it the ladies? Is it not wanting to shave anymore? Well, I, I can't speak for Nick, but I, I'm I'm married, so I'm not trying to attract any ladies, or you know, I mean, <laughs> I like I like to walk around and have them have them think I'm I'm good looking. Don't get me wrong, but um, 
for me, it's um, I'm I'm bald man, so I needed to I needed to adjust my look. Offset, yeah, to offset, offset it yeah. with some facial hair. Um, I, I've trimmed it now because I was told it wasn't it wasn't professional enough, so I had to kind of trim it down a little bit. When, but um, when when like people started doing beards or whatever, I wasn't like, oh hey, that's a good idea. I should do that too. It was more like, oh man, somebody made it okay for me to be lazy, and I was there like, there you Hell, go, yeah. see, yeah, and um, a because razors are expensive. Do you not spend like a th- like no razors, bucks. yeah, it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> razors suck. Yeah, I don't want to shave. This is free. By yeah, the way. I this trim. I trim it like every maybe month or so when it gets a little little shaggy. But my now. well, my problem, I could not grow uh, a man a man's beard. I could grow like an eighteen year old, eighteen year old's I, beard. I just looked at a picture that I took when it was at its full. I mean, it was like, I mean, it was just like a massive thing. I did look like a scary biker biker hobo. <laughs> Yeah, and, biker uh, hobo. I'd lean more toward hobo. Yeah, like thing, not thing that crawled off an electroglide, a thing that <laughs> crawled out from the Platte River. Uh, but yeah, it's not, you know, for me, it's just, for me, as, you know, now I'm just kind of like, hey, this is now how it's got to be because I can't do anything. You, you speak of, the, of um, you know, be, becoming acceptable. Um, I'm jealous because my hair, when I had it, was always really curly. And I never, growing up, there was never anything I could do with it. I hated it. Justin Timberlake comes along and suddenly makes it cool. If he was around when I was like, you know, a teenager, oh my God, would it would have changed everything for me. But oh, dude, curly hair was so in when you were a teenager. Nah. People Mike, would get Michael, body waves. Michael Jackson body waves? had it. Remember body dude, waves? People that got they body would, waves were tools that. and they got made fun of. Yeah, but people And I looked did at that. him and I said, "What are you do? People, why would you why would you willingly do this to yourself?" People did that. So it was cool. It's obscene. Brian Bosworth sure. did that. Well, there you go. You weren't inspired by Eric LaSalle from Coming to America? <laughs> no, definitely not. Mine wasn't quite that, uh, that curly, but, uh, you know, I definitely could have probably used some soul glow. Hey, we've got to take a break. We've got to get into the second Are half. Are we What? Yeah, we're cruising along. Um, we're, we're having too much fun, you know. Just, we didn't even really hit any of the beats. No, we usually don't, though, and all of a sudden it's time to, it's time to break. But we'll hit all the beats when we come back. We've got to talk Broncos. We've got to talk about the big Bronco news. We'll talk about that when we come back. Right after this. summertime baby that means it's man grade season believe me my man grades have been getting a workout just like yours will as soon as you install them on your grill what is the man grade you ask well <laughs> it's nothing other than the grill enhancement system cast iron grates made in america for your outdoor grill your gas grill coming soon for the weber kettle as well 
Go to mangrate.com or click the link at southstandsdenver.com. Order yourself a set of mangrates. Order a friend a set. Order your husband a set. You will not regret the purchase, I promise. And if you use the promo code DENVER, you're going to save money and you're going to put a little wind in the sails of the pirate ship right here at southstandsdenver.com. So visit mangrate.com or click the link at southstandsdenver.com. Tell you what hurts is listening to sports radio these days. Everybody is so dry for subject matter. Like today, over the DT thing, they were just losing their minds. Like, oh my God, a story! (laughs) Hey, Uh, you know what? Today, and I was listening to sports when I found this out, listening to Alan uh, DMAC. Today, uh, according to DMAC anyway, today's the only day in the year where there's no sports. There's professional. There's oh. none. There's no sports today. No, there, none. It's, it's there's two days now. Well, it's what's changed. the other day? Well, it's before. It's before and after the All Star break. Oh, but there's at least the home run derby and I know, s- something, t- right? This is the old thing. This is an old trivia question. It's like, what is the two days of the year where there's no sports? Now, now there might have been an MLS game. Who knows? But they mean well, like count. any major, any major sports, and yeah. it's the day and the day before and the day after the All Star game, and that's the the age old thing. Yeah, no so. sports today. None. Yeah, there really wasn't. Well, you mentioned 1043 The Fan. I want to throw this out there right quickly. Here. You saw some sports no, today? I mean, you say? sports happening right now. Oh, well, that's, that's true. Right. Yeah, that's right. Sports, sports is happening. Sports aren't happening, but sports, sports. is happening. That's so happening. That's important. But uh, yeah. no, 1043 The Fan, you know, there was this drama unfolding as uh, Lincoln Financial uh, Media was sold to Intercom, and Intercom came into the market, and and Lincoln Financial Media had too many holdings for them to legally hang on to everything, uh, according to the FCC. So they had to divest a certain number of stations, one of which was to be and would be 104.3 The Fan. And that left any kind of range of possibilities as far as what the fate of the fan would be. If a certain uh, owner of, of stations were to come in and purchase them, from Intercom in a divestiture agreement. They may decide they want Spanish language. They may decide they want top 40, They may, whatever. So long story short, it was announced today that a small holding of stations, four stations that had to be divested from Intercom were traded with a company called Bonneville Media out of Los Angeles for one FM signal in L.A., uh, a major a major rock station. So Endercom acquires the rock station and trades these four other stations, the fan among them, to Bonneville Media. Now, their holdings in Colorado are below the legal threshold, and they now own this holding in L.A. And Bonneville, who's known for operating and maintaining sports talk 
radio stations acquired 104.3 The Fan. So Are the they good, really? I didn't know that. That's, that's cool. the good news. In yeah. fact, uh, your media reporter broke it today. Um, female, I can't remember her name right offhand. Not Dusty, but the other one. And um, it's exciting news because there are very few holding companies who have the spine to maintain a sports radio talk show station because there are many bodies involved in producing that kind of content, whereas most things, like take Comedy 103.1, for example, which is the fastest-growing station in town. Really? There's just zero, zero in-house talent. Yeah, just stand-up comedy. That's awesome. Uh, Why don't I listen to that? That 103.1. You know why? People want to laugh these days, Scott. They want to laugh. They They always want to laugh. There's never a time when they don't want to laugh, They don't want to hear about uh, what what, what nonsense Obama's up to. They want to laugh. Why do people... Tune in to this podcast to they, laugh. They want to laugh. They want to laugh. Definitely they not get for a good the, laugh. The sports, the sports knowledge. Yeah. So the good news is it looks like this new company that's involved will probably maintain the fans' current format, meaning that all of your favorite D. McAnal and all your favorite hosts there, uh, Sean Jotar and Ryan Edwards, all, all, all these great people, Sandy Clough, will, should... We continue to have a home right there at 104.3 The Fan. And I, that, thought, and that's I thought it was exciting. just Megacore who bought them. I didn't know it was like a, like a company that likes sports talk radio. That's, this, like, that's, this, a, that's very good. Yeah, this, yeah. New, this new acquisition as of today, they have a number and, of sports talk and, stations. And you know, it's, it's a bit messed up. This is one of the things that Bill Clinton regrets most about his presidency. Oh, no. I think there's something else he no, regrets no, no, about his presidency. More than the radio thing, Scott. He's gone on record at this. This is like what he regrets most. He, at some point in time, for whatever reason, said uh, it used to be like you could own, I think one company could own like four radio stations or three, and he upped it to eight per area. So now all the big like clear channels and so forth, uh, they all own eight radio stations, and they all have major, major stakes in all of them. And that's a big problem. Too many companies owning too much. Sure. Or too little problem with everything. What, uh, Nick, what stations do you go on? You were, talk, you were telling us earlier um, how, you, how you go on too long on the radio stations. Which, which uh, shows do they, do they invite you on to talk Rockies? I, I think I go on Crackman the most. I've heard probably. John yeah, Crackman, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he has to cut me off. <laughs> I, was on, I was on with Sandy and Sandy Clough. And, uh, oh, well, and Sandy Scott cuts Hastings everybody together. off. So. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, yeah. So. It was weird because um, yeah, he, he likes to talk. Yeah, and um, and which is good for a talk show host. Sure. I'm not, that's not a negative. I'm no, not no, saying. Yeah. But um, yeah, I got a lot of words in in that segment. I was that was weird. I, I was I was I thought maybe he went to the bathroom or something. And then, <laughs> but then I'll, and I'll go on with uh, I've been on with D Mac and um yeah. and Al. The yeah, is it they're is all, it pretty much good. when they're they fun. when they ask you something? Is it pretty much something that you you're already you already kind of you already have it pretty much chambered you know okay i can answer this or is it something are, are you having to find something maybe a little little dig a little deeper for a nugget that they're that looking for or is it all pretty pretty standard like i can answer this because i well, just was sitting in talking to so-and-so about it oh right yeah no sometimes i mean i assume when they call i i can assume what they're going to ask and it's, i'm usually right and but um because you know they'll do the they'll do their new segments between breaks or whatever, and they're like 15 seconds, whatever it is. Well, you can't get a whole lot of information. So, like, you're just essentially expanding on whatever that, that little sure. tidbit is, which is pretty easy. Crackman will throw some weird curveballs at me sometimes, though, and I'm like, what? where did this? And I'll have to <laughs> scramble. But I don't know. You, usually, 
I mean, you you have to talk real fast. Like this is what, how long is this show now? I don't I have no yeah, idea. Hour, hour and a half. Depends. Um, <laughs> until you kick me out. Yeah, the, sure. um, but like, you know, their segments are like five minutes. You have to get a lot in. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not a lot of time to like get real in deep, you know, real deep in it, but. Correctman was at Wilco last night, I guess, and I and I he, I, he so was, was Reno. Reno was there. Reno too. was there, yeah. yeah. And he was all uh, white people. All, that's oh, right. We, we had right. a we had a thing. We said, yeah, yeah. well, first we were talking about Cubs hats. I, I asked Correctman if I could borrow his Cub, Cubs hat yesterday. And, and then I saw a uh, and I knew Reno was there from his Instagram account, and he was talking about how it's the whitest place on earth. So so you took the Correctman aspect, and I took the Reno aspect, and we created a, a game. We had a game, and so we yeah. were talking about Cubs hats, and it was like, nah, that's easy because all these people wear Cubs crap all the time. Um, I saw a lot of twin stuff, which was really which weird. was odd. Yeah, and and then but then I thought, well, what about white sock stuff? Because you know that would be the, the the contrarian to wear some white sock stuff because the Cubs the Cubs fans had the market cornered on Wilco. So we basically said, what will we see more of? White socks paraphernalia or a black person? And it was tied. It was one to one. I saw a white sock hat. There's a black woman black who was in front of me uh, when I went down. Oh, so, so that wins. Two. That so, wins. Yeah, yeah but, but Cubs easily won. Though. Cubs, Cubs easily Cubs won. Yeah. Destroyed. I saw a lot of Blackhawks. Black sure. But what I saw more, Collins, I saw people wearing shirts and hats dedicated to craft beer. People Lots really want. People beer. really wanted everyone to know. Hey. I like craft oil to this beer. I, I love craft beer so much. I'm now going to wear a T-shirt uh, displaying the logo of my favorite craft beer. Oh, I and do they that. were like really upset. I, I, I do that. There was fat yeah. tire at the at the stand. Fat tire. Oh, <laughs> fa- oh. oh, fat tire. Get that out of my yeah. face. I don't want this. That, that's the new Coors. Yeah, for, that's pretty much Coors. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was drinking Coors, but yeah, fat tire. That's that's old hat to these guys. You got me thinking again about downtown soccer in Denver. Can you imagine a march to the match from Lodo? And uh, all like, the craft okay, beer flowing. Bring, bring it in. And speaking of craft beer, Seattle, their soccer stadiums in, yeah, yeah, in the downtown, right? right? Downtown. Um, Safeco and um, and what's the Lincoln Financial Field is the football stadium, right? In Seattle? Lincoln Financial is in Philadelphia. No, no. What's the Seattle stadium? I thought that was uh, Safeco, right? Safeco. That's the baseball stadium. Ah, I don't know. What, what, do we have any sports experts here? Can anyone figure out what the name of the football stadium <laughs> is? pretty sure Lincoln Financial anyway, is in Philadelphia. I think you're right. Anyway, so uh, Safeco and the football field are right there. The soccer stadium is somewhere around there. They have an excellent craft beer selection in those stadiums. They have some of the best craft beer selections. It's Seattle, of course. So, yes, Colin, you're right. If the, if the Rapid Stadium was downtown, like beyond where like uh, Union Station is, somewhere over there, can you imagine the craft? I would wear... Some sort of craft beer shirt that no one's heard of. I just make it up as we guzzle from forty <laughs> ounces of Coors Light. Warm forty ounces. They're now of getting Coors warm. Light. Yeah, by the end they get a little so, warm. So I looked up what the Seattle football stadium is. Yes, thank it's you. horrible. It's CenturyLink. Oh, uh, I, was, right. I had the oh, link God. something right. That's yes. the it's worst. It's Quest. It's US West. My yeah. toughest. US West. My toughest oh. assignment this year was go- was covering Rockies athletics in Oakland. I tried so hard. I probably shouldn't admit this to not use the term O.co Coliseum, which is the oh. stupidest. Is that what it is? is? That what it's called? It's yeah. O.co. It's overstock. I tried to say oh, o- oh, Oakland's no. Oakland's possessive lowercase C Coliseum. My editor changed it uh. every time. I was like, <laughs> no, what, O.co. That's O.co. the worst. That is the worst. It doesn't yeah. even. It's not even a. That's not even a, a like. HTML, proper HTML. No, no. I mean, I that guess doesn't it doesn't work. That's like the Jared from Subway Stadium they have down in, in Sacramento or whatever. Hashtag, hashtag Jared Coliseum. Yeah, that's, you got to change that stuff right away. So, um, 
Yeah, that's great. See, but speaking of football, and, and, and while we're still going here, we have to talk about the Broncos. And, Nick, you've covered everything. You've covered the Broncos probably to, to an extent, right? A little. Um, so the big news was Demarius Thomas was, was – he, uh, he graciously accepted – his forty-three and a half. He went million guess, dollars in guaranteed I guess money. I'll take it. Five years, seventy million dollars. Same exact deal that Des Bryant got. Apparently, that's interesting. Now you probably think Des Bryant's a better a better receiver. Right? I don't think. I <laughs> oh, look yeah. up the numbers <laughs> on the internet and tell you exactly why Des Bryant is a Des, far Des better receiver. Is an absolute. Beast. He is a beast. Beast. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Demarius, Demarius awesome. is good. I think he's worth it. Um, I, I know it's a lot of money they're laying out, but it's five years. In five years, he probably should be reaching the end of the line. So then they'll be, you know, they'll be kind of done with sure, it. Sure, they'll be done with it. But man. Um, he'll most of his most of this contract hopefully will be played with uh, Brock Osweiler under center or whoever replaces him. Um, I mean, this year. We all know what's going to happen. We all know what's not going to happen. So, you know, we don't need to talk <laughs> so about that. So you're going to make a bet about drinking but, your pee uh, again? No. I mean, I, I, I would eat Chrissy Bex's fetus's crap at this point. I mean, I, there's no way. There is no way the Broncos are winning the Super Bowl. Not wow. this year. Okay, that's fine. So most, most of this contract is ensuring that the transition from Peyton on is as comfortable as, as it can be. But, but I ask you this, John. Yes. After this year, when, and not if, when Peyton Manning decides to play one more year of his deal out, forcing the Broncos to extend a backup quarterback at starter's money, um, how disgusting is that going to be? And, and how reviled will, will you be knowing that Manning's career was, is already in the rearview mirror and he's, gonna, he's not going to play it out just one more year. He's going to play it out two. What, what, if, what if he comes back and, and lights it up and, and I will plays like, like he did two years fool. Well, okay. Yeah, I'm looks just like saying. A, a supreme fool. Granted, the the maybe the the odds are against that happening, but it could easily happen. And um, if that happens, then you know what? There's no reason not to. But I, I, I we're getting off the topic about Demarius now. How how people? Here's here's what I'm bothered. About. Before we go back to Demarius, okay. uh, I, I need to state here that we also need to contact Chrissy Bex to have that placenta saved. <laughs> it sounds just, like that's the new bet. Let's leave that uh, in the past. Chrissy Bex's <laughs> placenta. Let's leave that in the you past. You will eat her placenta. I don't think that's going to be on the if table. If they win the Super well, Bowl. It's I mean, healthy. I mean, they, ask anybody. Uh, it they is put it in shampoo. It is, yeah, it is supposed to be healthy. Um, no, I'm just more concerned about the perception of, of, of when a player is asking for money and how people react to it. Because you've got so many people on one side going like, oh, pay him, pay him, pay him. Other people are like, no, don't pay him. Kick him to the curb. It's so funny that everyone gets involved with someone else's money. But, that, I mean, that's, that's fans for you. But, um, you know, is, it's, is he worth it? Is he worth that money? No way! No? That's Nick, what do you think? Oh, I, 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 almost, I would say almost 100%. I mean, I can't, I can't take sides ever sure. as a reporter, but I would say almost 100% the, the player is in the right when it comes to any kind of negotiation because the leagues are necessarily stacked against them. Like especially in, the NFL. In whatever sport, but especially the NFL. Like, he, you know, whatever, you know, the, whatever he's done, Demaris Thomas, to this point, whatever success he's found, what has gotten himself guaranteed money. He's a very, very rare in the NFL to have any guaranteed money. Sure. He, you know, he could be completely poor the next day. Like, sure enough, like, sure, some dude got some giant, like, money contract. But 
usually it's very unguaranteed or, or very very little of it is guaranteed. Well, just this season in the NBA, 26 players just this year, just this year, 26 players were guaranteed more money than Demarius. Yeah, Thomas. yeah, he's he's far down the list. NFL's far down the list as far as people getting paid compared to that. Yeah, and I have no issue about a player getting paid. It's just whether you want your team to be paying. Well, them. here's the thing. I, I understand the thing. there's a there's a balance because the team has to be responsible enough to not screw themselves over down the line. But there's also, you know, they have to say, hey, look, you've got this talented person. You need to lock them up for a little while. So I, I think it's, you know, and I don't, I, I haven't looked at the, the dollar figures and I probably wouldn't know what I was looking at if I did. But it it seems to me it makes sense because of, of the talent that you've got with the guy. You know why, why it doesn't make sense is because if you look at the, all the high-paid receivers in the league and see what teams they're on, they don't have Super Bowl successes. So I think that's why fans and other people can look at it analytically and go, you know, Calvin Johnson makes this much money, his team stinks. Never been close. Here's what I often wonder, though. Let, okay, you've got – X number of athletes making a guaranteed $40 million or more over a period of five years it, across all sports. How does that compare to private sector success stories who are brilliant developers of apps or software or gaming or whatever, the, who are making similar money in a similar time period? Oh, those guys are far more common and richer than athletes. Often they own teams. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, my, and so my son was asking me today. He was like, Dad, we were listening to Cecil Lammy covering the Demarius Thomas contract thing. And he's like, Dad, is anybody worth $12 million a year? He asked the same question you, that you did. The, the, but the NFL's worth multiple bil- oh, billions yeah. and is built on the backs of people like Demarius Thomas. Like, of course he's absolutely. worth He's worth a lot more than that. Oh, yeah. The, the people in the, the NBA players are, are, like, grossly underpaid. It's ridiculous. For like how the, much the sport makes. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, the percentage of value they add to the league is, like, is way more than what they actually earn. They're getting – the NBA players are getting ripped off. The be- I mean, the best players – the players who have the best are in the best position pay-wise are baseball players generally, and even they get screwed. I mean, and the NFL is brutal. Like, you could, your, your career could be – I mean, what's the average career length in the NFL? Three and a like, half years. It's teeny. Yeah, it's teeny. compared to a baseball player, you know, who can go for 10, 15 years easy, you know. So, or uh, basketball. And now, see, if there wasn't a cap on basketball, that would be interesting because LeBron could – um, get he can make seventy a year, seventy, eighty million a year, and then his team around him is going to suck, as opposed to him being capped at whatever it is, eighteen, twenty-two million, twenty-four, whatever. I don't but, know what the cap is. But again, is. LeBron James is worth every penny because oh, of, because of what he brings. But before Demarius yeah. Thomas is worth every penny for what he brings. I think, because, I think Jordan was making like forty million a year, like towards the end. Sure. When when they were, I think there was that quote unquote Larry Bird rule where you could pay the one guy as much as you want to. It's, well, uh, it's just un- it's now. unfortunate because people look at Peyton Manning's contract and they're like, well, like, NFL players get paid one hundred fifty million dollars, wherever it is. Well, yeah, it's not really. It's not. The, yeah. The left tackle is like not. I mean, He's the making five eighty. Yeah, and which is which is te- which is teeny. I would love to make five eighty. He's taking <laughs> home like. Less than half that A and B, like he's in a he's in such a risky profession. Oh, he yeah. might as well be like digging coal in a mine. Yeah, I, I busted my ribs a, co- a couple weeks ago. I messed myself up, real serious bruise in my back, and I thought, you know, as debilitating as this instance was, and as many weeks as it has taken me to recover, that's one play. That's one right. play for a, a an off- offensive or defensive lineman who, like you pointed out, if they're a rookie. 
I don't. I, I think the that the salary floor is under six hundred thousand dollars a year. I sat on an airplane with a very nice man to to Phoenix like a few weeks ago, a few months ago, whatever it was. Who was who said who was very much against players demanding money. He, I, I'm sure he would say, well, Demaris Thomas, he should have gone to off-season training camp, whatever, OTAs. And why didn't he go? He's not thinking of the team. He's only out for the money. Okay, gr- yes, great. But, like, <laughs> whatever he – his value as an, as an NFL player is, is way more than what he's making. Sure. And, 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 it, and the, if, you, if you take it to the flip side, what you're defending, what this person is defending – are a group of owners who are incredibly greedy. The co- owners in any sport collectively are the greediest oh, yeah. MFers ever. <laughs> L- like, I mean, even if individual owners are okay people, as rare as they are, collectively they're the worst greediest isn't, in any sport. Isn't this the classic, though, um, management versus labor battle that you've seen throughout history and how they how they demonize the we'll just call it the worker and they just say hey this this is this person you know we're just trying to do we're just trying to make this product and this person wants more money and they're they're making it difficult it it demonizes that person but then that person is the one that's actually making it happen right and and the average guy that you might sit to sit next to on a plane they don't see it that way they think i like this team i like the denver broncos i oh i wear denver broncos stuff all the time and then they just think this guy's being disloyal. It's like no, no, no. He's not being disloyal. He just wants to he he wants to keep playing. I guarantee you, Dar- Demaris Thomas wants to play football and he wants to catch touchdowns. But he's also like, hey, I might have two more years and I'll blow my knee out. So why why can't I get paid? There, the things are not mutually exclusive. If players are generally better in their contract years, we can look and say this. But that doesn't make them greedy. They they genuinely care about the people. Who are around them? They care about their team. Sure, even they're not out for number one necessarily, but they have to be. They have to consider themselves, or else, what kind of idiot are you? Oh, like, absolutely! You're dumb if you're not doing that in the NFL, exclusive to all four sports. Is there a chance in your mind that that greed eventually causes the league to start eating itself? I'll give you an example. What about what if they start trying to broadcast games? On Tuesday, too. Now you got Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Monday. I mean, at what point can the NFL break itself by spreading itself too far? I think they're, I mean, I have nothing to back this up, but I mean, just generally like looking at it, the NFL is weirdly bloated, like, especially with the health problems that they have. How can you have a, a, a league that persists that's built on players? basically killing themselves in for a short term for short term gains. I mean there are sports that are that seem to me much better suited in the long term and by long term I mean fifty years. I mean sports like soccer, we keep saying it sure, but like the the amount of people who are interested in soccer globally and you can watch a game in Tanzania just as easily as you can watch it in Denver now. I mean we've seen this. We're all we're all local now basically. Well those people don't those people don't care about the Broncos. I mean, they, um, at all in sure. any way, but I'm, I'm not, I mean, this is all sort of in the abstract, but like, I mean, and the NFL is way smarter than way, way too smart to let this slip, but they seem to me like kind of loaded, especially with, with what we've seen lately with health concerns. You can't, you can't build profit on the backs of people who, who are, who can't survive almost literally survive working for you. And, right. Yeah, and they're talking about 18-game season, expansion to the playoffs. They're talking about 
more, more teams in more cities. They're, they're talking about more exposure to these risks that you speak of. And I wonder when our appetite for football may the bell curve but, but is if, only so but if far. they're not and if they're not paying people or they're paying people, don't get me wrong, but if they're like seeming to be like kind of cheap and not wanting to pay them while they're doing this and risking their lives and, and, and adding more games and doing things like that, then it seems real sinister. Where if they were just like, Hey, look, we know you're out there busting your ass and risking your life, so here's some money. That would seem well, a little and, bit better, and you're so. so right about soccer. I mean, US women's World Cup final against Japan. I don't know what the rating was. I've never heard I've never heard if it was a 4.9 or 6.2, but I was at a bar that was packed shoulder to shoulder to shoulder with people who were absolutely ecstatic and I understand that's a, a that's a product that only comes down the pike once every 4 years, but it was also the women's version and it was incredibly incredibly popular and palatable and the more exposure like that that we have the more people are going to go you know what I enjoy watching this well we got to get into the fourth quarter I enjoy watching you talk about women's soccer I enjoy watching you remove your hat and let your sweaty bald head fly sweating my my butt off the air conditioning unit is doing all it can It's, it's brutal in here. Let's get into the fourth. We'll bring it on home, and uh, we'll get out of this hot room. We'll be right back. Sportique is where scooters come from, and this is just the time of the summer. To stop by Sportique and test ride the Genuine Buddy 50, the Genuine Roughhouse, maybe look at a Kimco look. 50 cc's means no license plate, no motorcycle endorsement, park it at a bike rack. It's the perfect way to go see Nick Groke's Colorado Rockies. Take a scooter, laugh at the minions as they head to their cars for the parking lots. You're scooting off. You're on your way into Lodo. You're having a good time. But first, you've got to visit Sportique, where scooters come from. No, we were talking about Robert Schneider and the, the apples and yeah, all that. Yeah. Um, uh, well, because Nick is from Denver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. A rare breed. Yeah. 
Now, he was probably in junior high when this stuff was starting, right, no, Nick? No, no, you're, no. you're a little younger than, than, than a few of us here. Um, no, but I, there, I, we were talking about where he lived in his first studio, and it was over here, because I interviewed him a long time ago. And I uh, went over there and interviewed him. He's a smart dude. He's a very smart dude. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. And um, very got, well spoken. I got to know him over the years. And um, when I first interviewed him, he was just telling me about Beach Boys and four track and blah blah and going on and on. I had no idea what a four track was. I didn't. Oh, really? I didn't know what it was. And I and I just had to pretend I knew what he was talking about. And I had no idea what he was talking about. Huh. Yeah. Because at the time, I had no idea. And I mean, later I got into like, you know, recording stuff. I had four yeah, tracks yeah. and eight tracks, and I knew all about it. At the time, I had no, he kept going, oh, well, four track is great because blah, blah, blah. And I just was like, just nodding my head and saying, yeah. He's my yep. favorite rapper. Four track? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like eight track, but. Robert Schneider. He's, he's, he's good, man. He's a brilliant, brilliant guy and recorded a bunch of cool stuff here. Wait, can I, can I name drop real fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, one of my proudest moments, uh, not no joke. I used to host this radio show on 1190 AM called, called The Shakedown. Yeah, sure. And um, On Radio 1190. On Radio 1190. And, um, and uh, I did this interview once, and it, it went for like an hour with the guy who used to be the lead guitarist and, and, the, and the singer for this band, The Astronauts, out of Boulder. They were a 60s surf band. Yeah, yeah oh, they were awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, and they were like known as the, the surf band that was from a place like Boulder. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they were, they were great. And... Uh, but I, I kind of like knew somebody who knew somebody anyway. I had him into the studio and I talked to him for like an hour and it was great. And he was like, he was kind of, I hope he's not listening. He was like kind of burnt out. I mean, it was like 40 years later or whatever, 30 years later. And um, no joke. So that night I went to see the apples at the 15th street tavern and, and um, Oh, what a shithole. Yes. Oh, an oh, awesome, dangerous fire. What a great smelling. <laughs> Best bathroom ever. Oh, yeah. Best as ever. far as Best worst, yeah. <laughs> there, so many, man, looking back to get off track here on the tangent, looking back so many times, just going to a regular tavern show, uh, like that you almost died. Yeah. Just because the, well, the, like the ceilings were like seven feet tall, plus there was a oh, riser. Yeah. And like the bars a, in the middle of the, of the, Floor right there, right. The, the bars right it's there. It's so it's it, yeah. that place was the worst fire hazard I've ever ever. You, <laughs> this side of the Mercury oh, Cafe. I wish I could go there right now. <laughs> Have you right ever now. been dining in the bottom of the Mercury Cafe while there's a show going and on the floor, upstairs? The floor, <laughs> and the floor is like about to fall and, down. Yeah, it's awesome. Anyway, Robert Schneider came up to me like after his show and said, "Did you do that Rich Fifield interview on the radio?" And I was like, "Yes, I yeah, did. Wow. That was like one of the the greatest. That That's was that awesome. was awesome. Yeah. I was one of I was one of maybe four sponsors that station had. I think I remember. I actually I actually, actually wrote checks to Radio Eleven Ninety. So uh, one of my favorite people in the world who uh, who passed away several years ago, Lee Hazelwood, produced many of the Astronauts' records, and uh, the Astronauts have that favorite famous record of them essentially standing in the flat irons with uh, boulder in the background the astronauts uh very cool bands i think uh jason heller and i went up and did the did that show one time in boulder we went and went and did a little guest spot on on that on um, radio 11 yeah i think we did it was a long time it was ago. a really cool station yeah it still it was, is. A, it was really still, still on you can yeah. still tune in yeah um the, i well, looked i looked by the way i was gonna bring old hooligan app 
issues. I think I have. I think they might be in my you're parents' for, basement. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wow. Are you dropping the hooligans? Wait, wow. wait a second. Oh. I, I thought I had them in my. Um, and I was like, oh wait, I'm going on that show. Maybe I'm, I should I'm find a little them. taken back. Yeah. I did. I had not, honestly had no idea you knew what that was. Uh, yo, yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that later. Uh, did, <laughs> John's all he's blushing. He's I, all I, red. I, I, got, I got a little chill. I went, oh shit. I thought I. I know I saved them. I thought I had them in my closet, but I've moved so many. It's a, good, it's a good place. Yeah. So you're familiar, you know, Jason, you know, familiar right. Jason's work. Yeah. So Jason does really well for himself. Um, what, music's a great, a great topic for Denver. And we, we, we kind of touch on how Denver's changed. Um, how do you think the music scenes changed from, let's say, I mean, you know, Early '90s, mid '90s, Denver—kind of a crazy time. A lot of those bands, Mud- Muddy's era. Denver. Yeah, well, we're talking about you know, uh, you know, the Apples, things like that. Kind of got their start here. Um, it's changed a lot. I don't follow it, obviously, not too much closer as I did then. But what? How do you think it's changed? Band-wise, venue-wise, is it? The, is it? I mean, to to me, like the biggest difference is there are so many more venues now. So there, are, there, are appropriately more than more bands. I mean, there used to not be that many bands, and but there weren't that many p- places for people to play. I don't know when people the people used to come to me and say, "Why well, you know why am I not on the radio that that often?" And I was like, "Well, why do you even care? <laughs> who cares that you're on the radio? Go play a show." And like, "Well, the Bluebird won't have us." It's like, "Well, who you know?" Planes Three Mistaken King, for Three Stars, Kings Tavern will like Planes Mistaken for Stars, right? Well, yeah, and you know, like Planes Mistaken for Stars was a was a, a good band. I like them. They're from Chicago, though. Right, and but here. and they lived here eventually. Yeah. They're but, kind of, like know, the Lumineers, kind of, you know, kind of, the, kind of moved here. My point being that, like, yes. they did not play that many. They would play shows at theaters when they were when they would ha- when people would have them, but they mostly played shows in their garage. So like, why don't you just play play a show in your garage? Sure, it's kind of like that. Still, I think people try to get try to like be too concerned with what theater, what what bar owner were to let them play. Well, why not? Like, you know, if you play a show in your garage, who cares if only twenty people show up? You're like. The five dollars you're charging at the not the door but whatever the garage door you're keeping all that money. Who cares sure. if you know like you're get you're gonna get screwed at the Bluebird because they're owned by Megacore or whatever. And, and then, and then you'll show? and you'll you'll play first and no one will be there and then you'll have to head right. out. So yeah, right. I mean, so in that way, it's a lot the same. But also, I mean, I don't know. I, I the the bands. I don't. I mean, I work at night, so I don't see a lot of bands. But the, they seem just as good or better than they used to be. I don't know. It it seems like I mean obviously we were talking about the the UMS and everything like that it's it's almost like that and we've talked about this before it's almost like twenty years ago having that vision for how you wanted it to be is now kind of come true now it, somebody who's like twenty five and just experiencing it it's probably like seems like normal and no big deal but I see it and I go spoiled wow I go, yeah, yeah no right yeah. spoiled kids but I see it and I go man you guys are pretty lucky because it you, looks pretty cool you used to have like I like. There were a couple of nights where I couldn't get back, to, like I lived in Boulder. I couldn't get back to Boulder after a tavern show, and I would like sleep in that alley. That was the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever done. Sleeping in the alley, that there? alley? Oh I mean, my god! Like you in a car, or just in the alley? No, just in the alley. I was waiting for the bus because they used to stop the bus, but like you, it would only Ooh. run until like two a.m. or whatever. Yeah. The express back to Boulder. But anyway, what I mean is, you don't have to do that crap anymore. You can see shows anywhere you want, or just wait for the UMS and see 100 bands in three nights or four nights or whatever. But, like, I mean, yeah, in that in that way, it's like it's yeah, it's what we always wanted it to be. But I mean, it's weird. People still though want like a Lumineers band out of every band. It's like who cares anyway? I mean, you can go. What what you want is to be able to go see like a good band on some random night that's not a UMS night. That's what you want sure. out of like a 
a city that has good music, right. not like waiting for Lumineers to play the Mile High Stadium. I, I've got a good feeling about this question. I'm going to ask you, though, okay? Are, um, who, who's the band? The Fluid or Warlock Pinchers? Who, who's, who's your oh, favorite from that's the band? A, that's a good one. Well, I mean, I, I w- well, because <laughs> I'm guessing those were like two of your favorites. What right? about they the were Fray? Awesome. What about the Fray? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit later. The fl- I mean, the Fluid was the, like, that was the kind of music I like more than the Warlock Pinchers. But like, yeah. Morrissey rides a you know a horse or whatever, yeah. but um, <laughs> a seahorse. Does he? Does he? Oh, I got that one queued up. Speaking <laughs> of, wait, wait, wait <laughs> real quick. Hey, real quick, and we were talking about you being from Arvada. I think we were talking about during the break. You know, Morrissey lived in Arvada. No, he did. You know, not. Do you know Jeff Morton from uh, Denver Stiffs? Yeah, Morrissey's yeah. playing tomorrow okay. night at Red Rocks. What? No way! Yes, he is. <laughs> Oh, I might have to go. I'll make it, I'll make it two Red Rocks in a, in a week. I love Morrissey. Don't get me wrong. I love Morrissey. Jeff Morton told me that Morrissey lived in Arvada for like a month. Back in like back, oh, in, month, huh? back in like the late 70s. He couch surfed through Arvada? No, like, like his family or something. He had to come live here and he lived in Arvada. I, would need, I need a fuller story before I, I can buy this because the, the, it's too random. If you're, like, he needs a reason to be in Arvada because if he's in Colorado... Why not be in Denver? Why not, or one hundred other cities? Family. He had family that lived in Arvada, and he went and lived with them for like I guess like a month. If he's I mean, I'm ever, not saying Jeff Warren. If you ever is bump lying, into Jeff, ask Jeff the story. He'll I tell need you more info. I and he told me that, and I was just like I was stunned. I was like, oh my! I go really? I was like, oh my god! <laughs> what did he do? Did he go to the Gunther? Teams? Yeah, he probably you know <laughs> Morrissey hanging out there. Um, uh, and I think it was in late 70s. It might have been early 80s. And I thought, you know, like, I, I was like, geez, I was out here in, like, the early 80s. I remember we came out here before that. And I'm thinking I could have been in the same, you know, I could have been in the same Burger King as Morrissey at some point. <laughs> was you he, know? like, a foreign exchange student? Or what, nah, what was he doing? I have to ask Jeff. I'll ask Jeff tonight. Jeff will explain it to me again. There but, was no there's no vegan food in the 80s in Arvada. He probably wasn't a vegan then, I would Maybe, guess. Right. If he was, like, 17 or whatever, he was probably still <laughs> finding his way to that. But, um uh, no, but you know, the, the, the fluid though, a uh, fluid is very, is a very cool band and, um, you know, left here and kind of became, you know, kind of big in that scene, but they, they got signed to sub pop yeah. and that was a big deal at one cool. point in time. Yeah. yeah. They were just as good, maybe better than other bands that were way bigger than they were. Awesome. They was just like a bad timing. They were like a month too early. Yes, basically. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, but good stuff though. And you know, Warlock Pinchers though, real good too. So I, uh, Foreskin five hundred. A bunch oh, of yeah, stuff is coming yeah, back yeah. to me right now. We're, we're reliving it. The the uh, the 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 mid the mid eighties to the to the early nineties are flooding back. And oh, finally, oh, when I moved to Colorado, all that stuff was the fluid foreskin five hundred and uh, so, so as as stuff. we lose all our listeners under pictures. forty. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 this is this is interesting. See, it, if, no, it is interesting. If people if people want to know, because Denver has. Be, you go out here and it's all like craft beer and and like you know young kids not appreciating what was built up before, um, before Coors Field, before Coors Field, it, absolutely. Um, there is a rich history here, and a lot of it has to do with music. Um, and, and you know, and there's a, there was a big punk rock scene here, you know, for you know the the eighties on beyond. Um, and it's something that needs to be documented. People don't talk about it. Well, very much. I mean, how, how many people remember? Walking under the 15th Street diet, Viaduct to go to Paris on the Plaid or to go dan- Rock dancing at Rock Island, and that, I just, that, that's the Denver I will always remember. There's a great there was a great website I, I got hip to, and it was all old pictures of Denver and like various time periods. And there was a really good shot of like probably looking down. I want to say looking down 17th and uh, looking down 17th towards Union Station. 
and you off to the left, you can see the viaducts. There's viaducts on 15th Street, and I think the viaducts on 20th, and I don't even remember those. I don't think I ever traveled those. I remember the 15th Street ones, but very cool, and, like, none of that is even, like, there's nothing left of that. It was probably no. taken in, like, I the I 50s. Rem- I remember, like, kind of driving on them as a wee, wee child, but I don't know where they went. Like, where is it going? They basically, okay, so. They span 25. So so if you go down, let's say you're coming down 15th, and it kind of, you know how it kind of goes down under the train tracks and it goes up into the highlands? Yeah. It went over. It went directly over into the Highlands. Well, so it wasn't weird. the Highlands then, of course. Yeah, North Denver. And they, yeah, it went right into North Denver. So you just took that probably over I twenty five, right? Yes. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, it's totally weird. So, and Paris on the Platte was under there. And uh, well, let me ask you this before we get out of here. This could be a whole other podcast. Guys. So, so Nick, Nick, old Denver, Nick, That's awesome f- fellow I know f- uh, named uh, Chris Tanaka was a uh, weather guy. And then a sports guy at a local TV station here. And uh, he is now the anchor of a CBS affiliate in Honolulu. <laughs> and uh, It's not bad. It's his dream gig. Like, this guy could not be any more over the moon about where he is and what he does. What's that gig for you? I Man, I, don't, I mean, honest, I, I try not to think about those things too much because I want to, you know, stay in the now or whatever. But writing about baseball is a, is a blast. It's such an easy sport to write about. I really don't I – re, I think writing about football would be so difficult. Not difficult, but di- so different. Do I, you I, think I, Troy has any regrets leaving baseball? Yeah. I know he does. <laughs> but, but, I mean, he, li- he likes his job a lot. There are, a lot, there are like, a lot of other concerns because he has a family and, and – but Broncos, I don't want to speak for him. It, Broncos is a good gig. It's right? a good gig, yeah, though. Yeah. Also, yeah, I mean that's like one of the premier franchises in all no, the sports. Absolutely. But, um, but like just you know, just out you know in a vac you know out of in a vacuum or out of whatever. Like baseball as a sport is so so much fun to write about for me. I think Bo- baseball and boxing are are great sports to write about. They're just so rich with detail and color and like we you know you can you know there's so many games. There's 16 football games in a season. There's 162 baseball games in a season. If I want to, honestly, not not to like look behind the curtain too much, but if I wanted to write about like the the quality of the dirt in the infield one day, I could probably get away with it. Like if you write about a football game, you have to you have to get to the the cream of that game like so quickly. But I, I could. Sure. I'm not saying I I would ever screw around on on some like story for a game. But like if it. If it if the quality of the dirt that day that's a was fascinating important. topic actually does all the dirt come from the same place I, I mean I, all, these uh, things regulated these, dirt these uh, things like occupy my thoughts daily all can, all Kentucky dirt I, I'm I'm fascinated by how it it kind of like it's brown and then it's kind of gold when you look at it from up where I'm sitting it's kind of a strange where they where they they kind of they. They move it in so one you, spot. We, and we've just different. validated. But if like, you did a piece on the dirt in the <laughs> yeah, infield, yeah. we would be fascinated. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so. if, if the dirt's not regulated, how cool would it be to take dirt from Red Rocks, get some uh, sandstone Ooh, yeah. for or the Garden of the Gods? Garden of the Gods. Garden of the Gods dirt. I don't know why I came up with that example, but what I mean is there are a thousand, there are like 10,000 movements that, that decide a baseball game all connected to each other. I you don't have on, to write about the catch. I could write. I could focus on any one of them, and and to me, it would be fun. Hopefully, it's fun for people who read also. But like, I mean, if, if I want to write about the one time that Nolan Arenado, like, and he's the one who I turn to most often. Not, I mean, 
sometimes lays He's lead, a brilliant but, player. But it's amazing. Like, he, he, he chases foul balls. Th- those foul balls don't matter to the game. Like, that's not in the box score in any way whatsoever. But those foul balls are amazing. He goes after a, a foul ball because he gets bored, I yeah. think. But he'll go after a foul ball in no, in like no other player who's ever lived, I think. I mean, I don't, that's not, I shouldn't say that. It might I've be never true. Seen, I haven't I seen every player who's ever lived. But, I mean, those things to me are completely fascinating. And that's why, I mean, I think to me, baseball is like a great sport to, to watch, to follow, to write, especially to write about. It's well, a great story. I, I, I hope, I hope someday that you, can, that you can write about a team that uh, be a little more... A little more interesting, let's just say. Maybe, maybe a little more, a little more to write about that uh, doesn't, you know, end up being the Play, same old thing. Playoff baseball would be fun. Oh, I, yeah. I would. I like. I don't. I mean, I was wor- when when in two thousand seven. That was the most fun I had a job. I think I honestly got. I think I worked like thirty five days straight. I was an editor at that point, and it was just like they were like twelve hour days every day. It was. And this is not me complaining because it was awesome. I Every bet. single thing we we were producing at the Denver Post, like an entire separate Rockies section. I mean, we have a we have a Broncos section that comes out every Monday. We are producing a Rocky section every single day for like a month, like a separate and like that's a it's a it's an amazing amount of copy. It's crazy, and it was all awesome because it was so much fun. Everybody was engaged in it, in, in like unlike any other sport in and this town. Even when the Broncos go to the Super Bowl, you have to wait two weeks for the freaking Super Bowl to arrive. Sure, but when when the Rockies are in the playoffs, every every day, every freaking day. Some it's a, like it's do or die every day. It's amazing. It was like it was like unlike anything. And that what you're right. And it was it was a it was totally everyone was gripped by it. And I just can't imagine if they if they could do that again. How would people be, would be so into just, it. You know? I think that's what what fans get so frustrated by. It's like just like would a little bit more effort get them there? Would yeah. like a little bit more attention from the ownership get them there? Because that's they don't. I mean, I don't think there were a whole lot of people especially disappointed that the Rockies lost the World Series. I mean, maybe that's them being us being neophyte fans in this town. Maybe, I don't know. I think it was they the, just hopeless, wanted it was the it was hopelessness so, of that series, too. But it was so much fun to get there. Oh, they yeah. They would take that a thousand. Fans in the city would take that a thousand times. It was it was a lot of fun. R- real quick, and we'll, we'll get you out of here because it's you know hot in here. It, people give and people give the uh, like the root broadcast a lot of grief. I, I'm included in that. Um as 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 a supposed impartial observer, you have to see, you have to report what's going on in the field. You can't really get into the, like, you know, oh, what's the, what's the management doing and all that. Do you think that the like the the TV broadcast it gets a lot of grief because they kind of are kind of like don't look behind the curtain type attitude? Do you think that's deserved or are they are they sticking to kind of a what they should do? Well, yeah, and I think the the people who do those jobs root and KOA. I think they're all, they're all really good. Sure. Actually. I, I think, I think they and, are too. And I wish that I could, I actually really wish that I could watch and listen to them while I, I can't, when I'm at, when sure. I'm doing my job, it would be, I would, it would be, it would feel like cheating. I would get, so <laughs> I really wish I could have that advantage of, of, of hearing the perspective them. of those guys. Right? right. And they get like replays that I don't get. And stuff. sure. Well, anyway, but, but also just their, their analysis and their perspective in general. Well, but I'm, I'm, saying, I'm, not saying so, that, I'm not saying they're not good. I'm just saying that they, they, they obviously can't go, God, the Rockies are awful right they, now. They can't say that, and, and, and I think they get a lot of grief for that. Is it the, is it the, the state of the modern uh, you know, broadcast team that's kind of, kind of in, in bed with the team? 
is that just how it's going or or do you think they could maybe expand on that a little well, bit? Well, so I mean I think in well, you ha- you have to compare them to other sports that are in similar situations. I think I don't want to speak for them, but I'm just guessing. I haven't talked to them about this, but I'm just guessing that a lot of them would prefer if they didn't have the restrictions that they have or whatever framework that they have to work from. Sure. They can't be like they can't just go off on the team in any one night. But if you listen closely, if you watch closely enough, you, you can hear a tone in Drew Goodman's voice. A little, like, like kind of disappointed yeah. tone. Yeah, and, yeah. and like Huey, too. You know, you'll hear things. I mean, they're not, they're not like completely. I mean, if the Rockies lose 12-2, they're not like, well, great job by the Rockies. If you watch the postgame show and it's all right, yeah, yeah, you'll see are. some of that. But, oh, tough on. break. Tough but break. even <laughs> like Jenny will, Jenny will be like, oh, man, this is a bad loss. She. I mean, she'll she might say it with a smile on her face, yeah. but she's saying like, "Oh man, they were bad tonight." But I think other 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 broadcasts in this town are not so restrictive. And I wonder, yeah. if, and I wonder if it would be. I mean, I think you if you watch a Nuggets broadcast, same deal. You watch the post game, and you'll see a bunch of Nuggets highlights. You have no idea that they just lost by forty points. Yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. watching, but if you watch Hastings, and oh Marlo, Hastings is tearing them to like, pieces. Oh, they're just like yeah. and, 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 and same with Avs. Same with Avs. I mean, uh, uh, Rycroft is tearing Rycroft them up. Is great. He's, He's so awesome. Great. Yeah, but I think Rycroft's the best in town. And but and what's what's weird to me is it works. I think pe- people aren't going to stop they liking like the it. team. They like that. Yeah, they like that. I think it works i think maybe and i don't know i i honestly don't know if it comes from the rockies or from root or whatever i think they i I, it would work if they're afraid of that i don't know that they are if they're afraid of that i don't think that they need to be afraid of that interesting that's interesting stuff let's get out of here guys it's hot in here I, I could I could go on and on on those topics, but um, we got to. Well, it's and, and it's it's been a really fascinating show. We talked about we talked we've talked about ownership uh, in pro sports and the and the greed that goes on, and uh, we we've touched on a lot of really interesting subjects. And hopefully, Nick, not beating you de- to death with the Colorado Rockies. Um, but uh, we got to talk about music. Any hope? Either strong. wild card? Any hope at this point? Is there a shot, a chance? This year? On, honest to God, you, I can watch the Rockies right now and say no way that I'm. I can watch them every night and say this team is not. There's no way this team is a playoff team, but they're they they are within distance. No joke. Their right. their division is so bad right now. Yeah, I mean they there is. I hate. I mean, I it hates me. It's a sliver. It's a I sliver? hate to say it. My stomach hurts when I say it. <laughs> but like they could legitimately be contenders. They're not that far out of the wild card. The people who are ahead of them in the wild card standings right now, there's one good team. There's one good team. Like they could pass all of those teams without. Ah, all right. And I, that's I, I am not. I am not wearing purple. The state of the affair in MLB because there's another the, wild card. It's the Eastern Conference in the NBA. That's awesome. It is. It really is. Honestly. Well, fo- hey, Rockies fans, there's hope, right? There's hope right there. So that's awesome. Hey, Nick, come back with um, like either Hawkman or Kreckman sometime. We'll have a big quiz. We'll have a game show theme quiz or something like that. I feel like Hawkman wanted me to s- say something. Maybe I was supposed to say it off was the it a, Was it a loud swear word? Because that's how he rolls. No, it was <laughs> about the Marius yeah. Thomas. I think. Th- oh, oh, he was going to message. I think he was going to message you about D, I think. But I don't remember. Something that D wanted him, he D wanted to tell him to tell you something. Oh, okay. All right. Well, well, I'll tell you something to tell him. Not Demarish, but D, D in Denver, D some other D. D's nuts. Well, you did you bite on that just because? Like, did you feel pity on me? No, I thought it was. (laughs) You know, yeah. 
No, no, but no. Tell Ben that uh, that piece that he did that ran on a Sunday about the Eads, uh, the baseball team in Eads, Colorado, um, that uh, the f- was photographed so well by. I don't remember you the name of the photo. You can stroke him yourself. You don't need awesome. to have him running uh, your message. Eaton, Colorado. That was yeah. that was my favorite one. Yeah, and I awesome. and I helped write the Latroy one, but I think the Eaton one. It was awesome. It, it was, was really good. good. Well, you, you can find Nick in the Denver Post. And, and I read it on newsprint. And you can uh, find him covering your Colorado Rockies. Not mine, your Colorado Rockies. Not mine. Um, and uh, it's good stuff. Thanks for coming in, Nick. We appreciate it. Thank you. Come, right. in, come in again soon. Like I said, come in with one of those guys, and we'll have a, we'll have a good old time. I so. was kind of nervous. This is like the stern of Denver Oh, wow. Sports. That's a high compliment. <laughs> wow. Oh, Colin just nods. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. That's a, that's a high compliment. So, but thanks, thanks for coming in. We appreciate. It. I'm glad you finally got in. I know this was a good good time for you with nothing going on with baseball. Finally. So, yes, finally. But we'll get you we'll get you in again soon. So, uh, folks, good show. But uh, it was uh, it was it was an overtime show, Colin. We we started cooking. We really started cooking. That's that's what happens when, it, when we start cooking. So, uh, hey, until next time, we'll be, we'll be back soon, folks, for another show. But until then, adios. We love you, Denver! Computers and such things. It really is about the human heart. That's right, baby, son of a bitch! No talent, motherfucker, bastard ass, dickhead! Ball flapping dick, sucker, baggy shirted, depressed! Dean loving bonehead, making lots of money with boring songs like Swayne Head. In case you haven't guessed by now, I hate the guy. Of course! One more thing I forgot to mention, Marky Ryan the Concourse!